Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. At the Philadelphia Abortion Helpline, counselors arrive each morning to the nonstop ring of calls from women and teens who are seeking to end a pregnancy but can't afford to. In this wonderful short documentary film called Abortion Helpline, This is Lisa, we learn about the economic stigma and the cruel legislation that determines who in America has access to an abortion. Abortion Helpline, This is Lisa, shares the stories of the callers for whom getting through the helpline in time can literally be a life-changing event for them and their families. We're joined today by the team of co-directors responsible for this, and that would be Barbara Atty, as well as Mike Atty and Janet Goldwater. To all of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thanks. Janet, I'll start with you in terms of the inspiration uh, for the documentary. Yeah, so I, um, Barbara and I have been working on on films together for 30 years, um, and and several of our films have dealt with um, with various aspects of of um, women's and women's reproductive rights. When Trump was elected, in I know we're not supposed to say his name anymore. When the four, when after the 2016 election. Um, Barbara and I had just come off a feature film that was a, a, um, a, a biography. It was it had taken us a long time to do. We were exhausted. We were actually thinking of taking a break. And then the election came along and we really thought it, we just needed to address some of the people that were going to be the most harmed by this administration. And so I had, as a volunteer, I had worked at an abortion access fund part of my training was listening to the phone calls of women and teens that called in who couldn't cover the cost of an abortion. They couldn't gather two, three hundred, four hundred dollars within a matter of days. The circumstances of those lives were so compelling and we just took a hard look at that and decided those were stories that we wanted to share. Barbara Atti, in terms of picking this particular clinic, was there something about why you ended up in the at this Philadelphia um, health clinic? Well, the Women's Medical Fund in Philadelphia is one of the largest abortion access funds in the United States. There are approximately 70 to 75 funds across the U.S., um, and this one um, actually has staff members. A lot of them are um, manned by volunteers, but this has um, paid staff. And the um, women who do the counseling are often work-study students. Um, And this was the fund that uh, Janet had volunteered at. So we already um, knew the the staff that worked at the fund, so we had access, and that was why we chose this fund. And it was was local, too. We're all in Philadelphia, and it was in Philadelphia. Uh, Mike Atti, in terms of uh as a as a man being there and sitting in in close proximity to these phone calls as they're coming in they're all all the ones we see in the film this is by the way this is a short documentary film that is on the short list for academy consideration for best short documentary uh, but mike in terms of just listening to the the stories as they came in over the hotline 
what struck you about them? What was there anything in particular that jumped out at you or just a general impression? They're harrowing to hear, honestly. And I think that you can sense the, the desperation in their voices. You know, one thing that was that we heard just in terms of about who these callers were was many of them had children already. Many of them were working and still and yet still unable to close that gap to find that really very small amount of money. And I think that uh, for me, it was this really interesting window into just what poverty looks like in this country and how sometimes the difference of maybe, you know, 25 or $50, some money, amounts of money that we don't really, I think, take seriously in our day to day can make a massive difference for some people. And the initial version of the film, we had considered actually not having the voices of the callers and just using the operators and then the shots of the screen, which figure strongly into the film. But once we sort of just even caught wind of them on one of the mics, it was really clear that those voices were so vital. What struck me in watching the film is the sort of immediacy the and, and the vulnerability you can hear in the voices of these women who are calling in. And, and yeah, poverty just lurks, you know, everywhere, every part of this film. It's about the the haves and the have-nots and uh, and in access. And uh, I'm not sure uh, who, who I should ask about the Hyde Amendment. Who wants to take to, to explain to our listeners how important this uh, has been over since 1976, which, as you point out, in uh, where I was reading about the, the film, three years after Roe v. Wade, this onerous amendment to uh, a very important I think it was a funding bill that uh, Henry Hyde talk, talk a little bit, Janet, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, exactly. I, you got it right. It was three years after, after Roe v. Wade. So that means that for three years, for only three short years, families that use Medicaid for their health insurance were allowed, were able to access abortion through their health insurance. And then after three years, this was, this was considered the first big win for the for the uh, so-called pro-life movement. Um, they, they were able to cynically cut off, um, cut off funding for poor women. And they expressed the, the and Henry Hyde expresses that on the floor of uh, Congress that, that uh, we can't save, we can't save all the, all the babies, but at least we can save the children of the poor. So this was a bill that, that was aimed at cutting off access um, for the most vulnerable families. And it's succeeded in doing that over the years for millions of, of uh, women who, who use Medicaid for their, for their insurance. Well, we're now 45 years into this, the effect of the Hyde Amendment. It's not often that uh, we get sort of this indirect honesty from, our, from the legislatures, particularly the people who are uh, fighting so hard to keep women from gaining access to a safe and legal abortion. But Hyde did say it out loud, which is, I can't stop the, can't stop the rich people from doing what they want to do. So we're going to essentially punish the poor. And this is federal funding, which is important because so many of the states are so uh, anemic in, in helping the poor whether in, in any sort of subsidy, subsidies or programs for the poor are usually women, women of color are the first to, to bear the brunt of those cuts. It is Go important ahead. to point out, Mike, that, that 17 states do supply state Medicaid funding so that 
women in those states can um, don't are not affected by the Hyde Amendment. So right. there are, so it's really but but the, obviously the vast majority of the states are. Yeah, I don't know if we want to broaden out our discussion, but in terms of the, uh, you know, the assault on Roe v. Wade, um, I don't know, some Barbara, you want to talk in general terms about just how legislatively speaking, the Republicans are waiting for something to happen from the Supreme Court, right? They're, they're literally waiting for a ruling with which they have now what they call trigger laws in many states across the country, which if Roe v. Wade is overturned, these these laws automatically become part of the state law. But anyway, Barbara, I'm a little off topic here, but you want to talk a little bit about in general terms? Well, that's what have been the um, goal of many Republicans, people who call themselves, quote unquote, pro-life is to get a Supreme Court that would overturn um, Roe v. Wade. So then all the rulings, all the um, laws regarding abortion go to the individual states. And in some states, women will be able to access abortion legally. And in many parts of the country, they won't. And so what will happen, it will reinforce the, what we have, what we have much of what we have today is that only wealthy or middle-class women with money who can travel or take time off from work and go to another state, um, have childcare, only those women will be able to access a safe and legal abortion. For women in much of the country, um, it'll become impossible. And, and many states are already passing um, laws to restrict women's access. I think South Carolina just passed one last week. That would be really restrictive. Well, this is this is the new this is the new approach uh, to to limiting women's access to uh, safe and legal abortion is to make it theoretically a right, but practically speaking, nearly impossible for the for the women in I think over thirty states now it's almost almost beyond the ability of certainly of most women without a lot of money to be able to get an abortion. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, if you don't have, it's not a right if you don't have access. Exactly. Um, right. Well, Mike, that, go ahead. Go ahead, Jenna. Please. Yeah. Um, I, I I think one thing that that um, people that are working on this issue are, are optimistic about is um, what what's being called self managed abortion or Plan C, where where um, where People can access abortion pills at home and, you know, through telemedicine. And so they're, they're increasingly there's, there's um, this remote access. Um, of, but of course, the uh, anti-abortion states are stepping up and trying to pass laws to make that, make it a crime to, you know, to get those mailed to you. Right. Um, so as fast as people are working on that extremely safe, uh, method for early early um, term abortions. Right. Um, states are responding by trying to make it inaccessible. Well, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the co-directors of a, as I said, shortlisted for Academy Award consideration for best short form documentary. The, the film is called Abortion Helpline. This is Lisa, and we're here with the uh, co-directors of the film, Barbara Atty, Janet Goldwater and Mike Atty uh, talking about it. And Mike, what's been the reaction? This has been screened in a number of film festivals, including the Sundance Film Festival, 
Doc NYC, full frame, AFI, et cetera, et cetera. And now the uh, the shortlisting. What's been the reaction at the festivals when you when you've been in a room where people are watching this screen, being screened? Uh, one thing that was interesting about this film was, you know, the intention initially was that this was going to be primarily a piece about raising awareness of the Hyde Amendment and as a tool for abortion funds to use to raise money and to raise it to, and to like raise awareness of their local efforts. But it was a really interesting experience. We screened this. I think the first big audience I was in attendance for was at Doc NYC in New York. And we're very lucky that we got to actually do some of these screenings and some festivals before the pandemic hit. Yeah. But um, I remember that you could just feel the tension in the room. And when Henry Hyde utters those words about um, saving the babies of the poor, there was like a hiss from the audience, which I, which kind of like made me think like, there's something here. There's something really interesting here. And I think as a filmmaker, you work, you know, we're, as you can see here, a pretty small team and you work kind of in isolation and you don't always have a sense of what your film is going to be. I think that's even more the case for short films. You don't always know what it's going to be. And then suddenly you take it out into the world and you have this response to it. And so the response, I think like for me was really overwhelming. I mean, I was at first, you know, like pleasantly surprised by all the festival accolades it was getting, but then I was really like seeing the power of the film and seeing how people were engaging with it and seeing how um, it's just been very edifying, like exciting to make a film that sort of succinctly gets to an issue, you know, shows what people are going through uh, in a very uh, like tight 13 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's about 13 minutes long. And for people who are interested, they can watch it uh, by going to abortionhelplinedoc.com. It's uh, being screened. I believe the uh, it's through Topic is, is uh, the um, the hosting site. Is that is that the right way to put it? Is that a uh, topic is and you can go to there and you can find out all about it as, as well as and this is something I think I, I really want our our listeners to pay attention to there are ways at the site where you can help you can contribute money to uh, different funds uh, ways for you to get involved in helping places like this clinic in Philadelphia be able to help these women who who lack the funds to be able to move forward and also it's important to note that a lot of the phone calls at least in the film and there's an immediacy to it these are women who are at a point where they could be right up against a certain kind of a, a timeline, whether it's first trimester, second trimester, where cost becomes a factor as well for even more cost involved. So there are a lot of reasons to go to the site and um, to go to abortionhelplinedoc.com to find out how you can not only watch the film, but be a part of the solution as well. Janet, anything you'd like to add to that? Any, any other ways people can participate? No, I really appreciate you mentioning that because as 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 Mike Addy said, um the re we we made this film really with the intention of it being a an, an advocacy film for for grassroots organizers and for funds that are doing this this hard work. And um so so our our whole uh festival success and and this um you know this Oscar potential has been has been just an incredible surprise, but it's really a, um, an opportunity to elevate the issue and to to draw people to the work that's being done um, by these abortion funds and hopefully by the people that are working, the politicians that are working hard to um, to make the funds unnecessary. I mean, there's a movement right now within Congress. There's a, a bill called the Each Woman Act 
which is sponsored by, I don't know, Barbara, how many legislators? By a couple dozen legislators. It's it's um, the, the lead sponsor is Barbara Lee. And that the Each Woman Act would basically overrule the Hyde Amendment. We want to bring light to those to yeah. those issues. Right. And and Barbara, one of the strengths of the film for me is demystifying the idea of going to an abortion clinic by 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 seeing the the people who are taking the calls and by hearing from the people who are calling in. I think that really helps in a lot of ways to sort of humanize this for I think it will for a lot of people who see it. Most of the women um, were calling in to the to the Women's Medical Fund were already mothers. They had they had kids that they were trying to support at jobs, but many of them were low wage jobs. Often they they had uh, boyfriends or who didn't want to help, didn't want to participate in taking care of the children or you know helping to help finance the termination of a pregnancy when a woman felt that she just couldn't have another child. So these were, this was like across the board, and, and many of them were women of color as well, a number of the women that are impacted by the Hyde Amendment were women of color. So these were all, unfortunately, you know, way too common attributes that we were finding among many of the callers. Would you agree, Janet and Mike? And Mike, I'm glad you asked that question, because I think the the problem is that so much of our public policy is the way it is because we can demonize the poor and demonize people of color because of their lack of voice. And so so what we did in this film was, you know, try to give them voice without an un- unmediated voice. Uh, that really gives the film more power in that in, by demystifying so much of the day-to-day existence and the lives for these people who are involved on both sides of the phone. Well, I want to thank all of you for your work here. Again, the film is called Abortion Helpline. This is Lisa. It is, as I said, shortlisted for Academy Award consideration for best documentary short form. And we've been talking to the co-directors and co-producers of the film. I left that out, I believe, in an earlier introduction. And that would be Barbara Atte, Janet Goldwater, and Mike Atte. To all of you, thank you so much for the film and thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music